QT, yeah, QT-ski, T-E-N-T, T-E-N-T, boom, you looking for sports, then I got the stats, you on the hot seat, and I got the facts, who up next to back, who making the catch, who just got the sack, I got all of that, T-E-N-T, man, I got the cover, all my story bread, I top of a bus, boy, undercutters, coaching in the base, log on now, you don't wanna wait, doing interviews, players and their crew, coverage for you, better than the news, and it worked too, cause I'm all in it, first name Terrence, last name Bennett, and it's not a gimmick, it's just me being you me, that's that T-E-N-T, it's just me being you me, that's that Good morning. This is TENT Sports Podcast, episode number 75. And this morning, I got fellow Pike County High alumni in Pike County High School football, legendary quarterback. I got my guy Chris Nixon with me this morning. Chris, can you tell my people a little bit about yourself, man? What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up, man? Uh, well, uh, I'm more of a I think uh, you want to know about me. I'm from Rutgers, Alabama, man. Small town full of uh, ex stars and uh, still great people today. So I'm from Rutgers, Alabama. Uh, I went to Pike County High School. Uh, had a pretty good season, uh, my, uh, football career while I was there. Um, eventually became Mr. Football, left there, and uh, went came to Bankville. I uh, played SEC football for a few while uh, after I backed up Jay Cutler for a second. And, uh, you know, after that, I think I went into the Canadian Football League and uh, stayed there for a year in Montreal, Quebec, and uh, just turned into a therapist and been doing therapy ever since, man. 
Cool, cool. So we're gonna go ahead and get into it, man. Chris, thanks, thanks for taking time to be on this on show again, bro. Ah, uh, no problem, man. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. So now you were the part of the list of the uh, best Alabama high school quarterbacks of the past twenty five years, which you came in at number eight. What does that What does that feel like in being recognized in that lineup of great quarterbacks? Uh, it was an honor. It was an honor. Uh, if I recall the list correctly, you know it had. Big time people, big time names on that list, and uh, I think one of them was Philip Rivers. And just to be listed from a high school perspective, to be listed ahead of Philip Rivers in any regard is a, a complete um, and just just to make you it makes you look back and reflect on uh, how much you actually, how much uh, your game actually meant, contribution to the game was, and it, it gives you a, a, a great appreciation for it. So. I'm absolutely honored by that list, man. I, I, I would have liked to have been better. You know me, I'm always putting to be first. So, um, but it's just an absolute honor to be number eight. It would have been an honor to be number 25. So. Yeah. Now, this is a quick fact about Chris, man. Um, Nixon did, you did, um, you did it all during the 2003 Mr. Football campaign, setting the Alabama High School Association, Athletic Association record for all purpose yards, 4,720 and touchdowns accounted for 67 while winning a 3A state championship. Uh, for his career, Nixon finished fifth in the purpose all purpose yards, 10,000, 10,075, and six in touchdown passes, which is 92. So, uh, now you won Mr. Football 2003, which was a big honor and big for the school to itself to have someone bring that home. What was that experience like? Uh man, it was uh, it was a long time coming. Yeah. Man, my goal, my goal, uh, going to high school, uh, after learning the history of my high school, understand my parents graduated from that high school, and uh, uh, just being the history, man, that was the that was the significance for me. The history. It was like, uh, I'll know where you come from, know who you are. Yeah. Um, those things still stick with me to to this day. But that was the influence. It was, you know, um, you know, with walking around the city and seeing the hopes of the people, seeing seeing people come together through sports, um, seeing how it affected people's uh, well-being and happiness and. Um, you know, we love ourselves in football in Southern Alabama. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a definitely, uh, it was definitely a surreal moment. Um, one in which I started dreaming up early as a child. Be able to see that and go through that process and be a part of that process of uh, re-sparking a whole new contribution to history. A 15-year missing leg yeah. to get to accomplish a championship in the first time in 15 years. Um, that was an amazing, amazing, amazing contribution to me because, um, you know, it's, it had been a while since we realized that we remember, remember that we were champions again. So I wanted to show not only my generation who we are, who we were, but I also wanted to show people that already came before us that we still got. Um, so it was still, it was very cultural for me, very culturally specific um, in regards to having that success and being honored. I got you. And you was part of the 18 Strong movement too, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So 18 Strong, I believe, was the year before we won the championship. Yeah. We were part of the championship that year, but I uh, had a bad game. Yeah. And the one game I had was bad was in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I 
like I said, man, I want I want to pull the league free rings, man. Um, I wanted to be that dynamic, that groundbreaking, that forceful. Uh, but instead, God allowed me to do it all in my life as a singer. So uh, I'm just glad that we accomplished it. Yeah, and speaking on 18 Strong, man, we both played for Coach Grant, uh, which was definitely a challenge. Now, I want you to explain all to all my listeners what summer workouts was like with Coach Grant because I know you're familiar with 30 Minutes of Hell. You know what? No, you, I know you're familiar with 30 Minutes of Hell with Coach Grant. I keep missing the last thing you said. Now, I said you, remember, you remember 30 Minutes of Hell with Coach Grant in the gym? 30 Minutes of Hell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, explain explain to everybody what the work the summer workouts was like with Coach Grant. So it was uh, it was rigorous physical activity, my man. Yeah. Was, uh, taking things to taking things to the next level. Uh, I wrote a book, my book called Summer vs. Stuff, and then the book I alluded to Coach Grant. I said it. I stated that I had a Hall of Fame coach who was almost. I mean, he was uh he ran us like there was no tomorrow, like <laughs> great, but almost like you were insane. Yeah. And it was. Malcolm's demeanor, because he was a very quiet man, but he was so stern in his positioning and his presence, and he knew what he expected from you, yeah. and uh, and that was to push you beyond limits and to help you to see yourself in a way you never saw yourself before, see your potential yeah. uh, in a way you never saw it before. So when I saw Coach Grant for the last time, I could uh, not last time, but the last time I saw him was uh, last year sometime. Uh, all I could do was let him know, like, the impact that he had on the community. He gave people an opportunity to be the best. And we, we learned that in some workouts. We learned that in 30 minutes of hell. We learned that we can push ourselves to an endless zone and still be fine. And we ain't going to kill us. We can, we can get there. We have to push. And we have to press toward our goals. And I think um, Coach Grant, being the same coach that led us to our first championship at Pike County, um, and then coming back and being the coach when I was there because he initially wasn't there yeah. when, I, when, I, uh, when I first started playing in middle school. Well, you know, we had sixth, seventh, seventh grade, junior high. So, um, post grad, 30 minutes of hell, man, it was none stop, always on the go. There's no such thing as red or water break. <laughs> You'll know when it's over when it's over. That's that's about it. Man, y'all never end. It was straight to something else after that though. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it was never ending, right? Yeah, it never ended, uh-huh. man. But now they would I mean everybody was in the best shape of their life. And I mean you appreciate that not looking back at it. All that discipline. Absolutely. It's almost like hazy. Yeah, basically, real. Now, I, I was a couple years behind you, so to us, you was like the big dog on campus, not because you carried the team on your back. You know, you walk around campus, you was the big dog. So, what? Tell me what ran through your head right before a game. Uh, so right before a game, uh, usually it's like I said, from high school, my whole success came from when I watched film. I had to understand. I understood that if I could, if I could learn what coaches know, then I could learn how to manipulate the coaches. I didn't worry about the players. I worried about the coaches. Yeah. So my game, so anytime before a game, it consists of a whole ritual of prayer. Uh, 
me uh, going through um, film study in my head, me considering certain situations or certain plays that I would like to take advantage of. And then by the time I hit the, hit the field and we're stretching, uh, I, I let everything go. I just let everything go. I let all the thoughts go. I let my preparation be what it's going to be. And I just relax myself. Um, so that I, in that moment, I remember I would be stretching. I would be relaxing myself and just meditating. Not in back, to, back then, I didn't even know really what meditation was. I understood prayer very well. Yeah. But I didn't understand quite well what meditation was. But basically, when I look back on it now, me knowing what meditation is and knowing what that deep relaxation process feels like, um, I take myself there without even knowing exactly what I was doing. I was stretching. Speaking on Coach Sue and Coach Holland, man, they were stern, but they were, man, they was a funny guy, man. They was a funny guy, man. Oh. Coach Holland. Coach Holland and Sue. Coach Holland. It was, it was a beautiful thing about what it takes to have a superstar team or a great team, and I know you was on some yourself. Yeah. Uh, you got to have a personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you don't have any personality, you don't have anything to carry you through the rough time. Yeah. Right? And uh, Coach Uber and Coach Holland, Coach Grant was not that. Coach Grant was like the brains of the operation. Um, and then Coach Holland had like this leadership characteristic that was so, it was so charismatic and so machismo. Like it was just, it was so macho, you know what I mean? So, and then Sue had this laid back, um, you know, it's gonna be all right kind of thing, but he'll, he'll, he'll get, when he gets out of balance, those Holland can be balanced. When those Holland get out of balance, those Sue can be balanced. And when both of them get out of balance, those Grant is balanced. So we always had somebody who was balanced. So, you know, we were matriculating through that process of going through a, a very difficult season uh just won a championship yeah i'll tell you about sue so coach sue one time he told you know we had to be quiet going into the uh fair i mean to another team fair house before a game you can't really talk 
But we got to the field. I think it was, I don't know what team it was, but we went to their uh, field house and it was stinking and nothing. Coach was like, what the hell did that smell? So we all bust out laughing, man. That dude was stupid, bro. That dude was funny. But um, like Coach Holland as well, man. I can tell you book stories about Coach, Coach Holland, man. But, um, yeah. So when you ride by Pike County High School today, nowadays, and see the stadium, what what you think? Like, what's, what's your thought process when you see it? My mom still lives in the town, man. So every time, uh, you know, I, I feel I'm still in that. Well, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, right now. Yeah. And uh, and and usually when I go home, man, every time I go home, I go to the stadium. It's like uh, I visit I visit a few places almost every time I go home. One, uh, my grandmother's grave. The second is uh, Pike County High School football stadium. Um, and, and I go there and I wonder. Now that you ask, like I really do think, why do I do that? And I, and I, I know a large part of that has to do with the reflection, like reflecting on my process. You know, I'm not always home, so being in the stadium feels me, um, take me back through memories that I don't always have the time or the opportunity to reflect on. Um, it also gives me an opportunity to see the advancements that we've made since I last been there. And, uh, you know, to, to have an appreciation for that. Um, and, and it also gives me a standpoint of uh, where I want to go and what these kids, what, what how I want to contribute to the current generation of youth and those that have went on uh, through high school and are, are, have become adults. And how do, I, how do I contribute to their legacy? Um, so everything for me is always legacy building, legacy building. And me going home, see my grandmother's grave. Yeah. Uh, first person that was ever important to me that passed away was my mother. so that's a big part of my identity so I make sure I respect that honor that um, so football even though it's not the only sport I play um, it became such a huge part of my identity that I have to honor it in order to give myself the honor that I deserve and appreciation I deserve to be able to continue to push forward and push 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 in life uh, without moving too fast like it gives me that moment of reflection that moment of Pause uh, to see myself, see the accomplishments, but also to recognize my mistakes and the issues that I made, and to gain some acceptance of that. Uh, because I always thought I was going to make it to the NFL. The fact that I didn't make it to the NFL to me came as a sense, uh, sense of failure at one point in time. Yeah. Um, and it was very difficult for me to move on uh, from that without reaching that goal. Uh, but I, I, I had to be able to do that. So whenever I go home, I just gain. Uh, still appreciation for the whole process. And just seeing the stadium, seeing the school, seeing certain people talking to fellas like you, um, who united me back with uh, yeah. that part of my life, which was which was a beautiful part. Cool. Now, after high school, you took your talents to the Vanderbilt University. Why did you choose Vanderbilt? Easy, <laughs> smart decision. Um, well, I look back on it, and I feel like I could have went somewhere else, but. Uh, it was an easy, man. It was an easy decision for me. I, you know, I had been pushing hard to graduate valedictorian at my school, and uh, and I wanted, I wanted, I wanted that for one reason, though. Yeah. It had been, you know, it wasn't. It, I wasn't so much concerned about me being first. I wanted to make everybody in that school and everybody in our county understand that, you know, girls, while girls have been valedictorian here, and nothing against women, but I think they're beautiful. Gorgeous, 
and smart, and, and, and I, I love I love every one of them. But my thing is, uh, the men, uh, the bo- the boys at that time in our in our history hadn't got a lot of uh, those accolades in terms of academic scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted so us that that was possible. But not only that was possible, not, not only that was possible, but that to be a really good athlete too. And that wasn't the story. That wasn't the um, that wasn't the narrative that had been dispersed around to help our young kids see that they could be champions in education and and uh, athletics. So I want to be. I want that. I want to have that impact. Um, so, but the athletic-minded I means that would allow me to do that on the active level or um, uh, to push that that agenda. Um, so that was the initial. Uh, that was the foundational choice. It, it, it represented an opportunity for me to extend my legacy and to extend upon the the, 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 the values that I had um, as an ac- academic as an academic scholar. That was the first. Thing. The second reason, which was just as important, was uh, that built to me. People uh, coming out of high school, people didn't think I could be a quarterback. Yeah, and that was my problem. People that think I could be a quarterback. And, you know, there was always some type of, I grew up thinking that was prejudice toward it. And, 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 that, and that may or may not be the case. I don't, I'm not here to articulate those. Um, but there, there, if you look historically, there has been some, a sense of more uh, demographics in a certain position as opposed to another demographic. So, whenever, like, People could. I know. I knew I wasn't a traditional quarterback. I thought I had the traditional technique, but I also knew that I could learn anything. Like I can learn anything. So if you just put me in a situation to be successful, I will be. I will succeed because I have this determination to get to get it accomplished. So I knew. I knew that if you gave me two years, coming from small Pike County High School, going to an SEC school, if you give me two years, I'll be a ball. I knew that. I knew that about I knew I knew I was willing to put all of my identity on that. And I knew Jay Cutler had two years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get to go tell me my coach tell me Jay Cutler's going to the NFL. He's definitely an NFL quarterback. What who else is that better to learn from if you're coming in as a freshman? And they got two years. I give it to you then. To understand defense, to be able to break down um, offensive uh, game plans, to be able to uh, perform at a high level, be strong enough to be able to perform in the SEC. You know, I wasn't that. I was. I was just at the point where you know athletes were just now becoming like uh, elite early on. Like Tebow was like one of the first. Like he was a phenomenon in terms of. Uh, uh, being uh, prepared for the sport. Like, I was used lifting some crazy amount in high school, running fast in high school. Like, they were really pushing that agenda. Yeah. They had just been to do that. So, competition level was, you know, it was, it was skyrocketing. Back today, if you look at it now, you look at this camp they have for these quarterbacks, and you see people come to college ready, like, ready to perform right off the jump. 
and then they in, in two years they ready for the NFL. So I see them. I see what they're doing from a business standpoint, but I also see. Uh, I saw. I also look back and reflect and be like, what how that was in my time, and it wasn't that fast. So I do give me two years to develop myself into what this what this is to be able to comprehend the speed of the game and I could perform. And that's exactly what happened. And by 2000, I, uh, I got came in 2005. By 2006, I was starting. Um, I had backed up Jake Cutler a couple of games. I've been in a play with Jake Cutler before. So it was, uh, I had got a, got a lot of a lot of experience. In 2006, while it was one of my, uh, while, while it was an uh, okay season for me, it was still uh, fundamental to my presence in the SEC and getting my name out there and just being a being a lead quarterback and uh I definitely became that. Yeah. And you, you led me to my next question. You played you start out playing behind on NFL former NFL star Jay Cutler, uh quarterback uh at Vanderbilt. Did you learn anything from him that played a part of your success at Vandy? Yeah man, um, it was kinda of funny dude. It was uh, I wish I had this clip. I think we I think have it out of I remember a college student in 06, this is like toward, uh, it was after the football season, uh, one of my, one of my classmates came to me and he said, uh, he said, uh, man, I got a, I have this, uh, I have this picture I want to show you, but it's, it's in my dorm room, can you come, come by and, uh, check it out whenever you get the chance. So where was that? I was like, yeah, I'll come, I'll make sure I do that. So I dropped by and on his computer, he had this uh, picture of me and Jay Cutler side by side. He had like uh, he had Paul and Ray, and he had a side by side. He had just finished the ball. Paul had just finished. He stopped by him, and we're looking. We're looking exactly identical. Like our hands are in the same place, our hips are in the same place, our release point is in the same place. Our facial expression was so similar, you know, we don't look alike. So uh, I recognized then, like, I, I had learned so much today. I had learned so much. I had taken on his persona to a certain extent. Jay um, was very confident in himself, very, very confident. Uh, he, had, he had a style of confidence, and that was his feature style. My my leadership style is more getting your face more uh, authoritative and open. Like um, like I said things before things happen. Jay said things when things happen. It was kind of like I, I kind of facilitated the process. That was, I I I did not do it that way. But uh, I I still learned from Jay that quiet confidence that. That, that persistence and the diligence and the work ethic of getting things done. But I also knew I was six five, six four, and I and, and I knew I needed to uh, have some special attributes about me in order to be considered for the NFL as a quarterback and uh, even be successful in college. So um, I took a lot from Jay to answer your question. I took a lot from Jay. I took uh, you know his film study. I took. But, but more than anything, what I learned most from him was just watching his body, watching his decision-making process and, and how he got ripped the ball. I think I, I think my arm became so I already threw the ball hard coming out of high school. But seeing Jay throw made me feel like <laughs> it made me feel like I was watching 
it might it might feel like I was watching football for the first time. The first time I stood aside to watch it, bro. <laughs> uh, he threw the ball with such a tight style and so so much heat. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. But my very first time on that camp on the field with all the players, I stuck. Like I I look like I didn't belong in college football. If you could have played quarterback in the NFL, what kind of impact you thought you would you would have brought to the NFL? you this now we talked about this on facebook the other day what's your thoughts on tom brady going to the books Some point, 
because he's been so so unselfish with his money. Like he's been so unselfish with his money in order to get the teams that he's wanted to have around him to be successful. Which you know, every every great every great attribute takes some level of compromise, right? Yeah. So, um, I really think Tom Brady was like, uh, you know, at a point where he's he, he's doing whatever he wants to do, live his life at home. Make sure he has the environment that he wants to have for his children. I believe at some point he was up here in Nashville looking uh, looking at the Titans. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, the fact that he went to Florida, you know, he used to want ready to retire to go to Florida, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, uh, to me, it's like, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to, to, for him to live his life and, and, and live in the way he thought he lived while he finished out his football career. Yeah. To me, that's a legacy. All right, and it's the last question: Do you miss the game? Uh, I miss, uh, I miss what I contributed. Yeah. I, I miss going out, challenging myself to grow. Uh, I miss the camaraderie in the locker room. Uh, I miss the. Um, the constant push for great that, that that any sport that you're serious about and, t- and take a lot of pride in pushes you to it pushes you to this whole new level. I think if, if you look back on your football experience, look at that to see how certain moments in your life you implemented certain those, those certain things that you learned, so that those values and sports that you learned it made you a better person later in life. Uh-huh. I missed that. I missed that because it kept me. It kept me ready. It always kept me ready. It always kept me praying. It always kept me hopeful and, and faithful in my own thought process and decision. Uh, it made me accountable to who I was at all moments, all times of life, and uh, and I had to learn how to express that. So, so, so we're talking about we're talking about the impact of sports on individual identity and how that
man, I, 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 I can't be more grateful for what sports has done for me. And, uh, and yeah, I miss, I miss it for those reasons. Okay. And also, shout out to Nick Walker, Nick Walker as well, man. He played for Alabama, man. So, shout out to Nick Walker. Um, so, man, Chris, that's all I got, man. Thanks for taking time to be on my show, man. You got any shout outs? Hey, bro, shout out to not just Nick, shout out to Nick Walker, a lot of Richie Griffin, he's my boy, Cody Terry, like, um, everybody, man. Like, there's so many people I, I can shout out, man. Shout out to the Pike County family, shout out to Alabama. Um, um, shout out to Bandy and anybody that's affiliated with Bandy that may be listening. Um, man, we done. We done. And, uh, dude, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a blessing. Cool, cool, cool. All right, this TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 75. Good morning. You are now tuned into TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Benny. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it.